Well, praise the Lord. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm fired up this morning. The first sermon of 2022, I get to talk about prayer. It's been a theme. Je- uh, Jeff Nolan, who was just up here, talked about prayer and prayer, prayer, prayer. I've been thinking about prayer. I've been praying about prayer. I've been praying for all of you. And so this morning, we're going to talk about prayer. Would you turn in your Bibles to the story right after the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2? We are in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, and there's Bibles in the baskets down there if you need a Bible. Uh, we'll also put it on the screens as well. And if you need a Bible, you can just take one of those Bibles. We'll replace them. But would you stand with me as we read a few verses here from the Word of God? This is the story that happens right after the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph do something. They bring little baby Jesus to the temple. So here we go. Luke 2 verse 22. When they came, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, took little baby Jesus uh, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord so that there's rules about firstborn and sons and purification rules. It says this, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. Verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So they bring their baby. They bring these offerings to the Lord, to the temple. And then we're going to skip. Last week, we looked at this character, Simeon. We're going to skip now to verse 36 and talk about the prophetess, Anna. It says this, verse 36. So we're skipping down. There was also a prophet, Anna. The daughter of Penuel, she was of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years and after their marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple. What? She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day. What? Fasting and praying. What a woman of God. What a woman who has fallen in love with prayer. Verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she, Anna, gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Let's pray. Lord, as we stand here praying to you, Lord, may we get into our heart this love for prayer, this love for talking to you, this love for a relationship with you, this love for listening to you, this love for devoted times of holiness with you. Lord, would you allow us, Lord, New Life Manitou, to be a people known to you and a people known to this world as a people of prayer, people that love you. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou 2022 shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, do you remember a couple of weeks ago the pop quiz I gave you? Don't worry, there's not another pop quiz. How many of you were here? I think it was three Sundays ago, two Sundays ago. There was a pop quiz, seven questions, multiple choice, true, false. And how many of you got all of them right? None of you. None of you. It was a hard quiz, right? It was questions about the real Bible story. And my point was, man, we've really diluted the real Bible story with fun things around Christmas. And we've lost track of some of the maybe important details of the story. And one of the questions, question number seven, which maybe you know now, is how many days after Jesus was born did Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple? And one of the answers, one of the wrong answers was the Bible doesn't say, it does say. One of the wrong answers was on the eighth day, that was when Jesus was circumcised uh, as a custom with the Jewish 
Jewish tradition. The correct answer that, that maybe a couple of you got, but no one got all the questions right, uh, was the answer is 40 days. And we know that because of the passage we just read. And we know that if you read this passage, it says the law of Moses required that 40 days of purification, then you would bring your firstborn son to the temple. And there at the temple, little baby Jesus, his mom, Mary, the dad, Joseph, meet two characters. We talked about Simeon last week, and we talked about Anna. We're going to talk about Anna this week. And I really think that Anna should be a part of the Christmas story. You know, the Magi, they get to be a part of the Christmas story, right? But if you know your facts, when did the Magi get to Jesus? When he was like a toddler, like maybe three, maybe four years after Jesus was born. So if the Magi get to be a part of the Christmas story, well then Anna, this character we're looking at today, gets to be a part of the Christmas story, especially the post-Christmas story. And so here we are talking about Anna, someone who has fallen in love with prayer. So my whole sermon today, I'm just going to keep saying this theme, fall in love with prayer. If you're looking for a sermon points or a sermon title or just a theme that I'll keep stating in this sermon, this is it. Fall in love with prayer. Do you know anyone like Anna? People that just have fallen in love with prayer. Here's a woman who has dedicated her life to prayer. She's in her old age. And we don't know exactly how old she is because the translation from the Greek to the English is a little obscure. She could be 84 years old, as it says here, or it could be that she was a widow for 84 years after she was married. And then it says she was married for seven years. So she could be well into her 100s of years old. We don't know for sure. But here's a woman in her age who is known for prayer, fasting, praying, not leaving the temple, day and night, a woman of prayer. Do you know anyone who just loves prayer? Maybe some of you, I think about this congregation, I know that amongst us are people who just love prayer. They get up in the morning and they pray. They go to bed and they pray. They are people of prayer because they love prayer. And so that's what this sermon is about, to fall in love with prayer. I I hope to not, I'll say this right at the beginning, I'll keep coming back to this idea that I really don't hope to shame anyone today. And it's like, oh, you need to, you know, I'm slapping your hand. You need to pray more. This is, you know, you need to go out. You need to eat your vegetables. You need to work out. You need to pray. And as a pastor, that is not what I'm doing this morning. I really hope, I'm gonna talk about different ways to pray. I'm gonna talk about the power of prayer. And so I hope that you'll fall in love with this discipline of prayer. I am not shaming you. In fact, we'll end this sermon with kind of just a confession and going before the Lord, receiving communion, because it's not by works that we're saved. It's not by prayer that we're saved. It's by our faith in Jesus that we're saved. By his grace, we're saved. And the disciplines like fasting, like praying, like the Bible reading, the devotional life, these things come after and they fall into place when we truly love God. And so my hope today, my prayer today is that you'll fall in love with prayer. So what is prayer? Let me give you the biggest, like widest definition that I've ever heard of. In fact, I haven't even heard of anyone define prayer like this because it's probably just too broad and a a definition that's this broad uh, may not even be of any use because it's just kind of too much. But I'm going to define prayer as just a time of holiness, a set aside time of holiness. And you're like, well, isn't that like anything? Well, maybe. And I'm going to list a bunch of different things in which prayer is or could be in your life. And they're different. I mean, we could define prayer as talking to God. 
But what if you're just listening to God? Isn't that prayer too? Yeah, sure. But what if you're like maybe not talking to God or listening to God? You're just in a place of trying to be with his presence, like almost meditating. Isn't that prayer? Yeah, that's prayer. So I'm really opening up the definition of prayer and just saying a set aside time of holiness. And I want to give you a whole bunch of ways in which you can pray that maybe will excite and ignite something in you for prayer and for spending time in habitual discipline of prayer. And I want them to be like, there's going to be a couple of these that maybe you're more excited about than another. And I want to say this statement that Brett Davis said last week. Brett Davis is the associate pastor here, as well as New Life Friday night. Today, he's speaking at New Life East. The guy's a good pastor. He's a good preacher. Last week, he said this statement, and I've been thinking about it all week. Maybe you've been thinking about it too. He said that practice prayer, so this is like what we should be doing. Practice prayer as you can, not as you cannot. Not as you can. Do you remember that from last week? Anybody remember that? I just thought, man, what a great statement freeing us up to not have to pray like someone else, but to pray as we can, not as we can't. So let me give you um, some advice. Some of you are going to love this part of the sermon. Some of you are going to be like, well, I like to do my own thing. Okay. That's all right. But let me just say, uh, like some of you really like practical advice. Like what's a takeaway that we could leave church with and like that? Tell us what to do and we'll do that. Give us a challenge and we'll live up to that challenge. So here's the challenge. Uh, Whatever your prayer life looks like now, as as far as like a daily prayer life, I want you to add five minutes to it. That's the challenge. You could accept the challenge. You could walk away and say, I don't accept your challenge. But that's the challenge. And there's a reward. And the reward is a spiritual one. The reward is five more minutes per day with the Lord. So if some of you are like, man, I already spend a great time in prayer. I have a morning devotion. You have an evening devotion. You have different times. You have time that you're disciplined in prayer. Maybe you're not disciplined in other areas of life, but you're disciplined in prayer. Whatever that is, add five minutes to it. So I'm not saying to to clear up any confusion. If you're praying like a half hour every day, I'm not saying, hey, cut that down to five. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying add to that so it'd be 30 minutes plus five would be 35. That's the challenge I'm offering you. And there's probably a lot of us in here who would say, man, I really don't have a consistent daily prayer time. And for that, what I'm adding, what I'm challenging you to is five minutes. Five minutes every day for the week, for the month, for the year, into the years. And my hope is that you'll fall in love with prayer. And I'll come back to talking about forming habits, give you some more practical advice. But right now, a takeaway, a challenge is to add five minutes. For some of you, they're like, I'm really not that consistent with my daily prayer life. Well, then five minutes. That's what I'm challenging you to. This is me. This isn't the Bible talking. This isn't some passage. This is just Joe, your pastor, if I'm your pastor, saying, here's a challenge for the next however long, into the world, into your life, five minutes added to your prayer life. That's the challenge. And my hope is that, man, if, if, if you get into this rhythm, you'll deepen this rhythm. You'll go longer. You'll fall in love with prayer. So here's different ways to pray. You ready for this? This is kind of the meat of the sermon. Uh, this is kind of, uh, I'm going to list eight different ways that, that I pray. These are uh, things that I do. I have found very helpful and effective in my own prayer life. I'll kind of list them and go through them pretty quickly. There's eight of them. And so the first one is just one, talk to God. Easy enough, right? I remember being in high school as a 
young kid and falling in love with church, falling in love with the Lord and wanting to go to church on my own. And I was like, man, what is prayer? And I had a great youth pastor. Uh, his name is Paul Bradley and he's still doing missions and he's a great guy. And he said, man, prayer is just talking to God. And it was a really helpful definition for me as a young man and a young Christian because it took the mystery out of it. Like you could talk to your friend, talk to God, just talk to God. That's what prayer is. And I was like, yes, I could do that. I could just talk to God. And then as I grew as a Christian, I realized, well, man, maybe some of the things I was talking to God about weren't really like a part of God or his ways or who he was. And so another helpful practice, number two, is pray pre-written prayers. There's a whole book of the Bible. Tarts, starts with a P, ends with Psalms. It's the book of Psalms. That's, that's a whole book of different prayers. You could pray these prayers and they're like, they're prayers that the church has prayed. They're the prayers the people of God have prayed. In the New Testament, there's also prayers. There's a prayer that Jesus prays when people come up to him and say, Jesus, how should we pray? He says, pray like this, our father who art in heaven. And he prays the Lord's prayer. Pray that prayer. That will get you in line and in motion with the correct form of who God is and his will. So that's number two. Number three, if you maybe you're not talking to God, but you're just listening. You're spending time. I'm going to call it meditation. If you don't like that term, it's too Eastern. Just call it listening to God. And it's a time set aside where we just stop where I've heard a poetic definition of prayer is that we put our heart and our hand and we hand it to the Lord. And I thought, what a great image of a metaphor of what prayer looks like, giving our heart to the Lord with our actions, with, with just sitting in silence. I heard another definition of prayer, a poetic one, is that prayer is sitting in silence, looking at God, while God sits in silence, looking at you. And I was like, well, that's a good definition. That's a good thought of what prayer can be, especially like a meditative type of prayer. And if you're anything like me, this is probably the hardest type of prayer because of distractions in the mind. Anybody else have like, oh, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to pray for like 10 minutes. And then you pray for like 30 seconds. And then you're like, start to think about something. And then you're like, oh man, this movie was really cool. And oh, what else that guy? And then you're like, get in. You're like, what am I doing? It's a hard work of prayer to stay concentrated. So there's some things that I found that are helpful. One of them is, I found this a couple years ago. It's a Christian Eastern uh, way of praying, which is to say a phrase. They use this phrase called the Jesus prayer. Look it up. The history of it is kind of interesting. People pray, Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. People become aware of their breathing, clear their mind, pray this prayer. Again, it's repetitive. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it's a way of keeping the mind kind of engaged with the Lord and not allowing distractions. Another way that I'm going to put into this number four, or sorry, we're still at number three, is the gift of tongues. It's the Holy Spirit gift of speaking in tongues or praying in tongues. If that's something new to you, you're like, what, what is this? Uh, it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. Specifically, Paul talks a lot about it in his letters. And he says, when I pray, my spirit uh, is active, but my mind is not. I'm praying words that I don't know what I'm saying, and it's engaging my spirit. It's the gift of tongues, prayer language. Um, it's, it's something that is, for me in my prayer life, has been very just like a way of praying. And I'm not using my words and my mind, but it's a way of like getting into the presence of God, and I'm praying 
with my spirit. If you're interested in that, come forward after. We will pray over you. We'll pray for you. We'd love to, to ask the Lord to give you this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so th- that's all kind of number uh, three, meditation. Number four is just kind of a devotional prayer. So if you're, if you're waking up in the morning like I do, I, I go through... Um, this I've, I used to go through a book that like helped me through uh, scriptures to read and what to pray. It was helpful because in the mornings I'm just like kind of wanting someone to help me uh, go through my own prayer life. And it was I use now. I, some of you are going to roll your eyes. I use an app now for prayer, and so some of you are like, "Oh, he's got an app for that." Of course, there's an app for prayer. Bear with me for a second. All it is is someone has gone through and picked up scriptures, picked out scriptures, and kind of used like the church calendar to introduce scriptures, prayers. And the the one I use is about 10, 15 minutes, and it's called Lectio 365. Anybody familiar with this one? I see a couple hands. It's If you're just wondering which one I say I use, I, I've been using this one for, I think, three years now. Every single morning, I don't think I've missed a morning in three years. It's it's just what I do. It's part of my habit. I get up and I listen or I read through this devotional material in the mornings. And for me, it's very helpful. So that's number four, a devotional type of prayer. Uh, number five is corporate prayer meetings. And so New Life North uh, is combining with New Life East and downtown and Manitou and the Chinese church. And so we are going to start corporate prayer meetings coming up really soon, January 10th. I think we have a slide for it. There it is. Uh, so in the mornings and the evenings, Monday, mornings and the afternoons, excuse me, Monday through Thursday, we, like all the congregations of New Life are joining at New Life North in the World Prayer Centers. So this isn't like a New Life North thing. No, these are all the different congregations, different departments are taking different prayer meetings and there's lots of options. You can go online and read about more about the different prayer meetings. But this is a time where we corporately worship the Lord together. It's wonderful to worship just you and the Lord. But there's something very special about like what we're doing now, what we just did in worship, singing the praises of the Lord together. And it just so happens uh, that I mentioned the Lectio 365 app. Uh, people from that app, it's part of an organization called the 24-7 Prayer Movement that was birthed out of England. Uh, a guy named Andy Rose came out of that movement and he is at New Life Church now. He was just hired as a part of our staff last month and he is gonna be leading some of these prayer meetings and this movement of corporate prayer meetings. So this is just yet another option. Some of you are like, I would never go to be a part of that. That doesn't excite me. Some of you are like, that sounds exciting. Someone to be with and help me pray corporate prayer meetings. That is number, uh, where do we at? Five. Number six, there's a couple more here. Um, I use the acronym PRAY a lot. I've I've preached whole sermons on this before. P-R-A-Y. I take a long prayer meeting. If I know I'm going to pray for longer than maybe 20 minutes, I might break up the prayer meeting and what I'm praying into P-R-A-Y. I remember the very first time I went to a hour-long prayer meeting as a college student. Like in high school, uh, I, I prayed, it was like five minutes. And then I went to this college group that passionate about prayer, wonderful people to be around, people that really encouraged me in my faith and in my walk with God. And they said, Joe, come with us. We're going to this prayer meeting and it's, it's gonna be from uh, like seven to 8 p.m. And I was like, okay, like what, what you're gonna pray and for an hour? Like, how does that work? Like, what are you gonna do for the other 55 minutes of time? I was like really like curious about like what, call it like people, like you're excited to go to a prayer meeting 
for an hour? Like, what are you going to be doing? And I had a wonderful college pastor at the time. His name is Brian Dwyer, still active in ministry in, in Utah with a church called Alpine Church out there. And uh, he said, what we're going to do is we're going to break this time, this hour into 15 minute segments. And we're just going to use this acronym, PRAY, P-R-A-Y. We'll spend 15 minutes praising the Lord, uh, 15 minutes repenting, reflecting, uh, rejoicing on our own lives and our walk with God. Then we're going to P-R-A. We're going to ask the Lord. We're going to spend 15 minutes asking the Lord for different things and for prayers for people that we know. And then we're going to spend 15 minutes yielding to God and listening to him. And I went to this prayer meeting and saw other people engaged and it engaged me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Breaking up a prayer time like this was just really helpful, really beautiful. It charged my prayer life, changed my prayer life when I was a young man in college. So that's uh, the acronym pray. Uh, Two more. Number seven is fasting and praying. This goes back to who we just read about, Anna. She's in the temple day and night. She's praying and fasting. What is that? If if this is something new to you, um, as Christians, it it shouldn't be. Jesus tells us, like, when we fast, do this. The, The Bible's full of examples of people fasting and praying. It's giving up something. It's giving up, usually the, the Bible almost always has to do with food. You give up for a time, for a meal, for a, for a, a day. You give up food in conjunction with prayer. So there's a lot of health benefits just in the natural, just in the secular world about you with your bodies and fasting. And that's not, that's not this. This isn't a dieting thing. This is a spiritual thing. When you give over to the Lord, your cravings. And I think we would all say we live in a world of just like instant gratification, things whenever we want it right now. And fasting is a way to like increase our spiritual power. If you've never fasted, you should fast. Fast a meal. Uh, it, it gives you spiritual spiritual power. There's a couple of verses in the New Testament where uh, the disciples come to Jesus and there's like this hard situation where there was like a demonic influence on someone and the, the, the disciples pray and nothing happens. And Jesus says, well, this kind, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. And so it's the introduction of something into your prayer life that can increase your spiritual uh, fervor and, and power. Final one, this one should be maybe some of your favorite ones. Number eight, the last way of, uh, we said talking to God, we said pre-written prayers, we said meditation, we said number four was a devotional thing, uh, we said number five was corporate prayer meeting, sixth, uh, the acronym P-R-A-Y, number seven, fasting and praying, number eight is worship music, using the, the worship, uh, either corporate or on your own, I mean, there's, there's playlists, there's apps, there's CDs that we can worship the Lord with our music, we can sing along. We can listen along. And for some of you, maybe you just need permission. Like that is a type of prayer. Put on a worship CD, put on a worship song. You could add a song to the end or the beginning of whatever uh, prayer you have in your daily life. And that counts. That's prayer. And some of you are like, really? That Yes, that counts. And God loves it. And he loves us bringing our worship to him. What I want us to do is to fall in love with prayer. I think a lot of us probably think of prayer as like this, this discipline that it's like, 
it's like, I don't know, like the slap of the wrist, the pastor is saying to you, like, you need to do this, especially at like the first of the year. You need to exercise better. You need to, you know, get enough sleep. You need to get up early. You need to eat your vegetables. You need to eat your salad. You need to go to the gym more. You need to pray more. It's in that list of like the things we have to do. And we're not in love with it. But I hope that after this sermon, you're like, wow, there, there's, there's people out there that love prayer. You're darn right there is. Is there people, is anybody in here love exercise, love running? Look at all these hands. People, like some of you are like, why would you love what's wrong with you? No, there's people who really love this. Is there anybody here that like really loves like eating healthy? Anybody? Look at all the hands. Like some of you are like, what? what? You have a salad versus an ice cream? What's wrong? Why would you ever pick the salad? There's people in here that actually have fallen in love with that. And they love eating well. They love exercising. Anybody love like, this would be weird, anybody like flossing? A couple, really? See, I'm, I, I'm like, why would you waste your time? I went to the dentist a little while ago and they were like, how often do you floss? It was like, oh, once or twice a year. And they laughed. They thought I was joking. I'm like, dead serious. That's how often I floss. Like once, I know some of you are like, why? And I'm, I'm looking at you. Like, how could you love flossing? But it's one of these things. Hopefully this example makes sense. So some of you are like, oh, prayer is just, you know, I don't want to do it. But there is a way to fall in love with prayer. It could be one of these things that you really, really fall in love with. And how do you fall in love with prayer? Well, you need to do it. You need to, you need to actively engage yourself in the discipline, in the habit. And then hopefully, I hope, I pray that you will fall in love with it. It's like uh, maybe mountain biking. For me, I fall in love with mountain biking as something to do. I go out with some, I see Greg Coblin, I see Ross. Uh, there's a couple of other guys that I, from, from church here, we go mountain biking. Uh, I try to get out when the weather's nicer. And I've fallen in love with it. And it's, it's something that at first I was no good at. At first, it was just, hard exercise, especially the climbs a pill, and we'd go down really quick. We'd like climb for like an hour and then go down for five minutes. And I, my first thought was like, that's not worth it. Like that's, it's, why? Why would you do that? And like the riding a bike is hard enough and then it's on a trail and going on roots and rocks and falling down and getting scraped up. And it really wasn't that fun at first, but I kept doing it. And now it's like, man, I really have fallen in love with mountain bike. I get excited. I go out. I love mountain biking. And I hope this analogy, this metaphor here, if you're like, man, prayer, I don't know, man, just get into a habit, get into a rhythm, a daily rhythm. And what I've challenged you is five minutes, add five minutes to whatever it is you're doing and make sure you do it every day. It's kind of like the manna, the Israelites ate and every single day kind of thing. And there's times where maybe corporate meetings once a week, maybe uh, times when something is going on in your life, you spend a, a longer time in prayer. That's great. Add that to your daily rhythm. But there's something I think about falling in love with something we do um, that, that needs to be an everyday kind of habit where we just wake up and we pray or we have a, a, a spare time on our drive or on a lunch or going to bed and we find time to pray and then we just like end up loving it and craving it and falling in love more and more. We have a deep prayer life with the Lord. I think about um, 
New Year's resolutions and things. And I think we all know in here, for instance, the, the exercise, going to the gym, we, we all know that this is not how this works. You don't go to the gym once, work out for an hour, and then go look in the mirror and weigh yourself and expect like results. Like, no, you'll look the exact same, right? We all know this. But in our heads, we're like, man, we, sh- we should be pros. You know, you know I, ch- I made this dramatic life change and I worked out for like, you know, two days and nothing happened. And so that's garbage. It's like, we all know that's not how that works. I think in prayer, in our life with the Lord, it, it works something like every day being with the Lord, a life that is devoted to the Lord, devoted to prayer is, is how a habits form and how we will fall in love with prayer. Let me give you some just secular advice for a minute about how habits are formed. This comes from a book, uh, uh, the author, uh, James Clear, he's the author of Atomic Habits. Anybody heard of that book, Atomic Habits? Came out uh, in 2018. Uh, I, have no, I have no idea who this guy is. I don't think he's a Christian, but he just, uh, he says this uh, about habits. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. You know how compound interest works? Um, it's a pretty amazing thing. Like if you're saving up for a retirement and you start saving when you're younger and you put just a little bit each week or each month into a savings account and you get interest on that money, then that money that you got from the interest grows and then you're making even more money on the interest so that at the end of a long career, at the end of 30 years or 40 years or whatever, you will have a large sum saved up. It's the power of compound interest. Have you heard about that in school? It's a wonderful thing. It's like a miracle. It's like, wow, wow, I made this much money just because I put in a little bit and the compound interest, wow, it really works. A little bit each day, a little bit of compound interest over time makes a huge difference. Habits are like that. Little changes we can do in our schedule, our our routine, make compound interest over time time. And so instead of like all out, I think Jeff, uh, who did the offering moment, was hinting at this as well. Like, like resolutions, they often don't work. I mean, can anybody remember their resolution from 2021? Maybe a couple people, but I think we probably all had them like these big, like, I'm going to make this big change in my life. I'm going to finally do this or that this year. And then it's like, it works for like a day or two or a week or maybe even a month. And then it's like, you forget. And it's just like, oh, it's like a it's too big of a thing all at once. And what maybe we really need is like a slow, steady direction in the same path, a long obedience in the same direction. And I think a, a life of prayer is much more like that than like these big explosive things where you're praying for like an hour, one time a year. No, prayer should be this life part of life experience that we have, a tool that we can use. Let's fall in love with prayer. And so as I close this sermon now, talking about falling in love with prayer, I want to come back to the idea I said at the beginning that this sermon is not like a slap on the wrist saying, you need to do better. Come on, buck up. Like that's not this sermon. This sermon is, man, there is a true joy when we fall in love with prayer. And we could bring before the Lord our failures. We can say, Lord, we have, we confess that we haven't prayed to you like we should. We can look back and say, Lord, I'm sorry about that. But the Lord is faithful and he will forgive us. And the Lord lovingly, longingly wants us to engage in a relationship with him in prayer.